Again, I wanna thank you so much for joining us. I, I tell you what, I'm gonna start with an incredible truth that God has shown me this week that I wanna give you, a revelation straight from him. So I hope you're ready to take notes right out of the shoot. Here it goes. Guys and girls are different. I mean, is that amazing? I know, you didn't know we we're gonna get this deep right away, but yes! I mean, soak that in, they're different. And, and one, one way I know we're different is, girls, you want all the details, you want the whole story, give me the novel, where guys, we'll take the summary, we'll take the cliff notes, or cliff notes still a thing. I don't, cliff notes, see when I was in high school, the cliff notes were the way you could try to cheat and act like you read the book. Right, so when we had to read the Grapes of Wrath, uh, the guys, we'd buy the cliff notes, right? And then we'd still fail the test because the teacher knew we were reading the cliff notes and he would ask questions that weren't in there. Anyway, it didn't work out well. But the guys were like, just cut to the chase. That's what we're like. In fact, a few weeks ago when I went on a little two-day trip with friends that I hadn't seen in years, we all hadn't got together. We went on this little two-day golf excursion and uh, it was a big deal because I'm really away just with me and my friends and I get back and the kids are so excited to see me and my wife Jody's excited and Jody's like, oh my gosh, okay, how did it go? What was it, you know, was it good? And I'm like, yeah, I said, yeah, it was good. And she's like, okay, and? I'm like, it was good, it was good. And she's like, that's it? I'm like, you want me to go through every hole? Huh, hole number one, I teed off, okay? It went in the, went in the woods. Hole number two, um, it went in the drink. Hole number three, it went in the weeds, okay? Not, I'm not sure the trip was good after I start saying that. Yeah, the golfing kind of sucked, but anyway, it was fun. But girls want, you just want every little juicy detail. Well, this is what I want to do for you. I don't, I can't give you every detail on this series follow because we're in the ninth week of what's now a 10 week series because you can't stop a series on nine. You can't, it just doesn't make sense. We got to go to 10. So next week is the last week. And I'm going to tell you something. Next week, uh, you're going to get a message that, um, it's a message that impacted me almost more than anything else I've ever heard. So, oh my gosh, I don't wanna to get too much into that because God's got a word for you today, but it's, it's gonna be amazing as we close out the series. But let me give you a quick cliff note summary of where we've been in this series because nine weeks long, and if you want the novel, this is all on YouTube, it's all on our website, every message we've ever preached, but, but here it goes. Jesus invites us to follow. And the whole series premise is, I think that a lot of people even say they believe in Jesus, but the way that we live doesn't really reflect that we're following Jesus. And the reason I say that is because that was my life, that was most of my life. So, here are some truths we've learned so far. Everybody, say everybody. Everybody. Okay, type everybody into comments right now. Everybody is invited to follow Jesus. Doesn't matter where you've been, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter who you killed. I mean, if you're killing people, you should probably turn yourself in. But anyway, you're, you're still invited to follow Jesus. Everybody's invited to follow. And when you follow, it's an invitation not to, not to a set of rules of yeses and nos and do's and don'ts, not into a religion. Jesus wasn't into religion. It's an invitation into a relationship. That's what we learned. We also learned that being a sinner, I don't know about you, but I, I'm a sinner some days, um, probably most days. Uh, being a sinner, it doesn't disqualify you from following Jesus. It doesn't. It actually qualifies you. That's good news for me and probably for you as well. Uh, faith. Say faith. faith. Faith is the key to following Jesus. The, uh, our faith. Our faith is the key to following Jesus. But when you're following Jesus, here's another point. You ready for this? Following Jesus, eventually it's going to cost you something. Okay, it will. I mean, believing in Jesus, you can believe in Jesus, won't cost you anything. I mean, grace is a free gift, but as you surrender and follow him, it'll cost you something. But I want you to know the benefits by far, 
outweigh the cost by far. Lastly, followers are leaders. Followers of Jesus aren't just leaders, but they're great leaders. They're great leaders that lead with love. That is a Cliff Notes version. If you get a test on this, you're gonna pass it because that's, that brings us to today. Today's message is literally an apex for what, where God is bringing us. This is, this is I'm, I'm so excited. I, some of you listening to this right now, God has brought you to, this, to, 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 your, to your phone or to your computer or wherever you're watching on Spotify, YouTube, or listening. God has brought you to this, this specific area, this specific arena, because he has a word specifically for you. And it, I hope you're ready because this is huge. I want to preach out of John 6. John is a gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four stories of Jesus' life. Uh, John's a very close friend of Jesus, one of his closest disciples. And John, let me set it up before I even get to John 6. Well, John, John 6 actually starts with, it starts with a miracle. A miracle that's not just recorded in John, but it's recorded in all four of the gospels. It's a big one. You've heard of it probably. When Jesus feeds like 5,000 men with five loaves of bread and two fish, that's how it that's how this chapter starts out and it's absolutely amazing so that's just 5000 men that's probably 15 20000 people that Jesus feeds and the people are going crazy i mean Jesus his popularity is huge they're like oh my gosh we want more Jesus do it again because they're ready to crown him king they're ready to crown him king like you're our guy we're with you you got our vote 2020 november i vote jesus right so they're ready but jesus doesn't let him crown crown him king jesus after that miracle is weird like he gets in a boat and he goes to the other side of the lake to a a, a little town of capernaum and he goes there but the, but the crowds follow they can't get enough so he gets there and it says the crowds meet him there and they're ready for more they want more feedings they want more miracles they want more healings they're like hercules 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 do it again hercules you know they're just ready and jesus jesus starts to get a little bit weird on them okay this and jesus knows what they're up to in fact jesus says i know why you're i know what you're asking for i know what you you want and and he says you want to be with me because i fed you <laughs> he knows parents we know don't we i mean saturday afternoon i'm like my daughter ava ava hey want to run some errands with dad kind of a daddy daughter afternoon well where are we going dad well, guys, let's see, I probably got to go to Home Depot, check on some things, and after I can't find what I'm looking for there, I'll run to Menards and possibly Lowe's, just do the entire circuit. And I'm like, Amy, you want to go? She's like, yeah, you know, uh, maybe I'll do homework, Dad. I'm like, homework? Saturday? Yeah, yeah, a lot of homework. I'm like, okay, well, cool, you're going to miss out on uh, Chick-fil-A. I'll probably go there as well, get some Christian chicken, you know, wash it down with one of those hand-spun shakes. And then all of a sudden, she's like, oh, well, you know, wait a minute, I... I don't think my test is till Tuesday. Maybe, you know what, Dad? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, anyway, so they, they were in it for what they could get out of it. I mean, maybe that's just my family. But Jesus, the miracle that he did, he fed him with bread. But Jesus starts to talk crazy. All of a sudden, five or six references he makes to not feeding them with bread, but now that he describes himself as bread. He, start, he starts talking about him being the bread of life, him being this bread from heaven, like he came from heaven. And they're calling him out. They're like, Jesus, oh, wait a second you're not from heaven for one. For number one, you're not a dinner roll. You're not a, you're not a piece of bread, Jesus. You're a person. Number two, Jesus, you, you're not from heaven. Okay. We know your dad, the carpenter. Okay. He built, he built our table. Your mom, she was on the PTA with my mom. You're not from heaven. And Jesus, you ready for this? Uh, it's about to go from strange to stranger because he's talking about being this bread, talking about coming from heaven. And then he says, says something completely jacked up. You ready? 
John 6, verse 54. Jesus is speaking. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise that person on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood true drink. And the crowd's like, what in the... You know, all the parents are like grabbing little Jimmy and covering his ears. Okay, Jimmy, I think, I think the show's over. We're going to kind of go to the other side of the lake again, okay? Uh, they're like thinking, what in the heck is Jesus talking about? It's this awkward moment. <laughs> parents, it's like when you're watching a show with your kids and you don't, you, you think it's going to be a good family show, but it's not. And it's, it's as awkward for the kids as it is for the parents. It's like, oh my gosh, it's Friday night movie night. And we love bonding over Marvel. And we're going to watch Captain Marvel. She's amazing. We're going to watch Thor. He's so Thor. We're going to, I can't wait to sit the Guardians of the Galaxy and Spider-Man 1 and 2 and 3 and 4 and 5. It's been awesome. And now there's this new movie comes out and Jimmy's like, what is it, mom? What is it? It's called Deadpool. And, and then you throw in Deadpool and, and you're watching. You're like, oh my gosh, who's this Deadpool character? What's he going to do? Oh, I see it's rated R. That's okay. It's probably just violent. Sometimes the characters can look crazy, but let's put it in. And about three minutes in, you're like, oh, oh. And then you pretty much, it's, it's over. You get up and you kind of check out. So it's, it's one of those moments where you're just like, oh, oh, eat my flesh, drink my blood. Okay. This is out of control. And, and, and Jesus continues in, in verse 660. Many of the disciples said, uh, this is very hard to understand. Like, what is he talking about? How can anyone accept it? And I could just see James and John walk up to Jesus. Jesus, hey, crowd, everybody, one sec, one sec. Uh, Jesus, come here. Okay, what in the heck are you talking? Jesus, you're losing them. You're losing us. We don't know what you're talking about. We don't know why you're speaking this way. This is insane. And Jesus, he knows what they're saying. He knows what everybody's thinking because he's Jesus. And then look what it says in verse 61. Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining. So he said to them, does this offend you? And they're like, yes, greatly. Does this offend you? And then a few verses later, look what it says. John 6, 6, 6. John 6, 66. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. At this point in the story, this is when the masses would leave. Okay, Jesus had more than just 12 disciples. The 12 closest disciples were his, like his apostles, his chosen ones. But the, he had many disciples, many of these people that were part of his you know, posse at the time. And they, and they left in John 6, 66. At that point, the disciples turned and deserted him. You know, you know what they did? They clicked unfollow. That's what they did. They unfollowed Jesus. It's like Jesus can't do it anymore. I'm sorry. Listen, listen, love the miracles. Love the all-you-can-eat buffets, love all the healings, love that. But, but, I, but I'm, when you start talking crazy, the bread from heaven and, 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 and going all Jeffrey Dahmer on us, Jesus, I'm sorry, but we, we got we to check out at this point. It's over and they're gone. And Jesus turns to the 12. This is what it says in the next verse. Then Jesus turns to the 12 and he asks a question. And this could be a question that he's asking you and I right now. Are you also going to leave? Like, are you also going to unfollow? Are you in or are you out? That's, li listen to me, there are times in life, and we're in one right now, when you're gonna be tempted to unfollow Jesus. 
If you're following him right now, I praise God, I thank you, I, I thank God for it. But there will be times, and I'm gonna give you a few of them that God showed me this week. They all start with T, that's just a bonus because I'm a pastor and we love doing that. But these are times in your life, circumstances, events, that you will be tempted to unfollow Jesus. Number one is times of transition, say transition. transition. When you're in a transition, you will be very likely to, to be tempted to unfollow Jesus. What do you mean transition? I mean like you've moved or you, you've changed uh, groups that you hang out with. You've, you've, um, you've gotten a, a change or a promotion or a demotion, any kind of change. Let me give you a big one, and this is for a lot of people. This is me. You know my transition where I unfollowed Jesus, if I was ever even following him in the first place at this point? From high school to college. This is, I mean, I'm speaking to somebody right now because you know, do you know what the stats are for, for high school kids that go to college that unfollow faith, unfollow church, unfollow Jesus? You know what the stats are? I don't either, but they're, they're high. I know that. They are high. I was one of the many statistics of a kid that would go from, oh man, I'm all about prayer, I'm all about faith, to I'm all about party, right? That's what it was for me because you're not under mom's or dad's rule anymore. You, you, you can be your own person, do your own thing. And so many uh, young people and people in general in that transition, they will unfollow Jesus. And, and I don't know who I'm preaching to right now, but I'm telling you what, that was my story, you know? And I, I, I love to party, I did. And I still like to party. You know, and by party, I mean take naps. I've said that before, they're awesome. Not a 10 minute nap either. So my buddy's like, I take 10 minute naps. I'm like, are you a psychopath? A 10 minute nap? That would just make me mad. I mean, I need two hours, that's a nap. But anyway, so um, transition. If you're in a transition, the, the enemy's gonna work on you to try to, to, to get you away from God, okay? The next one, temptation, say temptation, okay? Temptation. That's the second, um, arena where you're going to be tempted to unfollow Jesus. Temptation. Let, let, let's think about this for a second. Many things in this world tempt us. Uh, what, we, what we see on a computer will tempt us. What we hear from others, what we, uh, what we watch, uh, who we hang out with, there's all these temptations that are going to try to drive you away from God. See, every, and by the way, you know what a temptation is? I wrote it down. Anything that promises satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. That's a temptation. Anything that will promise you satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. What, what, what have I said before? Sin, this temptation, it will fascinate you and then it assassinates you. It thrills like in the garden with God and Adam and Eve. It's so thrilling to eat this and I'll know what God knows. It thrills and then it kills. I mean, this is what temptation does. And we'll barter with God because temptation looks good. It's like, God, listen. I know, you know, you and I have been good and the girl that I'm wanting to date, she's not into you. She cusses like a sailor and she doesn't even know who you are, but man, God, have you seen her? She's hot. I mean, you know, and, and she can always become a Christian, right? I mean, we can work with her. You can, you're God, right? But church girl, I mean, she, I mean, she can't become hot. I mean, unless I guess you could make her hot, but I mean, if you want to do that, go do that because I'm in. But you know, we'll barter with this temptation and, and the devil's going to want to work on you in that. So we have transitions, we have temptations, and then ultimately we have trouble. Times of trouble. Say trouble. 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 Has anybody experienced any trouble in 2020? I mean, just, just give me a hand raise emoji. If you've had any, maybe you've just been sailing through 2020 and you know, I don't know who you are you know, what you're talking about right now. But if you've had any kind of trouble in 2020, hand raise emoji in comments right now. I need to know that I'm not alone in this. Times of trouble, you're gonna be tempted to unfollow Jesus. Times of trouble can be tragedy, right? It can be sickness, 
right? We're all dealing with that right now as we deal with a pandemic and what life looks like right now. These are, these are, these are going to be um, arenas where you can unfollow where you have an opportunity. Why would God do that? Why would God allow this to happen? Why would God allow the economy to collapse, businesses to shut, um, them to get sick, that person to die, my kids to have to go through? Why would God do that? I can't, God would never do that. God's not that good. I need to unfollow God. Times of trouble, you're gonna be tempted to unfollow Jesus, but enough bad news. Let me give you some good news. You ready for good news? Everything I just said, all three of those, temptation, transition, and trouble, all three of those, are not only opportunities to unfollow, but they're opportunities to follow. Okay, you ready for this? Think of it. When you transition, a transition is an opportunity to follow Jesus. Every temptation is an invitation to depend on Christ. And when trouble comes in this world, and it will, Jesus says, follow me and take heart, for I have overcome the world. This is your invitation to follow. This is it. This is it. I started to truly follow in the darkest of dark places, in horrible trouble, horrible temptation, horrible transition. All three were colliding. And I took that opportunity to, to make a move. And I'll never regret it, and you won't either. I just want you to know that. But Jesus, remember his last question. Let's get back to the scripture. Remember what he asked him? Are you guys going to leave too? And then Peter, Peter who gives a lot of crap, but yet he, Peter does some profound things. And Peter asks a question back to Jesus. And this is so huge. That apex, here it comes. Verse 68, Simon Peter says to Jesus, Lord, to whom would we go? Like, like, like Jesus, I mean, if we don't follow you, I mean, where are we going to go? I mean, follow them? Follow her? Follow him? Jesus, to whom would we go? I mean, you have the words that give eternal life. Like, we believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. Like, I love that. We believe it and we know it. See, some of you watching today, you're like me. I believe in Jesus, but you don't know in the depths of the depths of your heart how much he loves you and what he has for you and, and who he is. You can believe in Jesus and not know him. Okay, when you know him, you'll follow him, I promise you. But there, I love that he said, we believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. You know what Peter knew? Peter knew that saying no to following Jesus automatically by default meant saying yes to something or someone else. That's what he knew. In other words, Peter knew this, there's no middle ground. Say there's no middle ground. No type there is no, just type no middle ground. No middle ground. As you type that, know you're typing the title of today's message. Know that you're making a declaration to your God and to the devil. There's no middle ground. There is no middle ground. God is showing us that there comes a time to take a stand. See, I'm going to be straight up with you. Five months ago, I think you could toe the line. I think there was middle ground that you could take and you still, you, you still be okay. I wrote it down. You could say you're a follower five months ago and still live like the world lives, but I'm telling you, the chasm is growing. And eventually, you've got to take a stand. There is no middle ground. And I'm going to show you something that, that I found in Scripture. It's going to blow you away. I, I, this is how I can tell you there's no middle ground. It's, a, it's something that Jesus said in the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew 12, 30. Listen to what the Lord says. Anyone who isn't with me opposes me. Anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. 
So I looked at that and I studied that scripture. And then I, I love checking other translations to see what they say. And the message paraphrase, um, it's written just like in more in common language. Uh, Eugene Peterson put it together. God rest his soul. Eugene Peterson, same scripture. Look how he puts it. This is war. This is war. You think it's crazy? Well, it's going to get crazier, and you sh it shouldn't surprise you. It's in, it's in the Bible. And I'm telling you, this is war. And then he says, there is no, no neutral ground. There's no middle ground. There is no neutral ground. If you're not on my side, you're the enemy. Okay. Here, if I told you that you are an enemy of Jesus, you, a lot of you would be appalled to hear that. You'd be like, oh, what are you talking about? I, I love Jesus. I mean, I, I, I have faith. Like, I'm a believer. How dare you say that? I would tell you, he says, if you're not all the way with me, you're against me. So if you're 95% in, well, you're 100% out. I'll say it again. If you're 95% if you're in, you're 100% out. And that, 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 I, that's how I live my life. I would be all in, well, all in in my terms, but I wouldn't be all in, 100% in. And if you're not, you're out and it will be revealed. When Jesus asked the disciples if they would leave, Jesus was giving, he, he said, you can either accept me or reject me. But there is no like, oh, you know, I'll accept these parts of you, Jesus. Those parts, the prosperity part, I'm in on that. Peace, give me some of that. You know, true life, abundant life, eternal life, I want that. But, you know, the sacrifice, you know, turn from my selfish ways, pick up my cross, be crucified with Christ. And eh, not so much, you know. I, 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 I'll, I, we pick and we choose. And Jesus is saying, you can't do that. And not only that, you don't want to do that. You don't want to. We don't know what's best for us. The people, the more people hear the message of Jesus, I wrote this down, the more the world continues to drift from, from him. Have you noticed that? Our world is not drifting closer to Jesus. If you haven't noticed that, okay, you must be under a rock right now. So it's not drifting closer to Jesus, and there is no middle ground. So unless you're pressing forward towards Jesus, you're automatically going backwards. I tell people, when you, when you step out into the world, you're on a conveyor belt going backwards automatically. There is no just, oh, I'm standing still. I'm not moving in my faith. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You are never standing still in your faith, ever. It is either pressing forward intentionally I'm in God's word. I'm around believers. I, I'm praying to him. I'm seeking him. I'm doing whatever it takes. But, but if it's neutral ground or middle ground, well, there's no such thing, you're automatically, this is the world, automatically going backwards. Automatically. You don't have to do nothing. You don't have to get evil. You don't have to get mean. It's automatically a drift towards, towards away from Jesus. Oh my gosh, it's so, so if there's no middle ground, then what, what and Jesus said, if you're not for me, you're against me. If you're not with me, then, then you're actually an enemy of me. And we would never, we would think. But Jesus said, if you're not with me, you oppose me. In other words, you either love me or, or love the world, but you can't do both. You either live my will or, or you live your will, but there is no doing both, right? You, you either serve and love others or serve and love yourself, but there's no middle ground. Either believe in my word and live for me or pick and choose the pieces that you want to believe and live life on your terms. But I'm making a declaration. As for me and my house, as for us and Meadows Church, we will serve the Lord on this rock. I will stand. Everything else is sinking sand. Do you believe it? Oh, I believe it. Peter said it. Where are we going to go? What is our options, God? I don't want to be on the, I don't want to be on the losing team. I don't want to be in the enemy's team. By the way, it does lose. It is the end, and he does lose at the end, but he's going after us right now. This 
is war. This is one of the reasons I'm super excited. Listen, church has never closed. We've been open for five months. Changed lives have proved that. God's gospel going forth has proved that. But I'm telling you something. I couldn't be more excited to gather again in a couple weeks because we're in a battle. We're in a war. And we need to huddle up. And we need to grab our armor. And we need to grab our shield and our strength and our sword. And we need to, we need to come together because there's power when we come together. I cannot wait. Man, I'm ready for battle. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for battle. And, but, but let's get back to the scripture. When Jesus said, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood, okay, guess what? Jesus wasn't talking literally. And some of you are like, oh God, thank God. I mean, for a second there, I thought, no, Jesus isn't being literal. Jesus, what Jesus is saying, you have to take me in. Just like food and drink that you literally have in this world becomes part of you, right? What you eat and what you drink, it becomes part of you. Jesus is saying, drink me in. You need to take me in. And I thought to myself, okay, God, if, you, if we need to take in the Son of God, how do we do it? Like, how do we receive Jesus? And this isn't, I don't believe this is talking about communion right here. Some people think, oh, they're talking about the elements. I don't think so. Jesus hadn't even got to the Last Supper. He hasn't explained any of that stuff to them yet. So that's not what this is about. This is about taking Jesus in. And there's two ways. One, let me show you. One way to take Jesus in, to receive Jesus, that spiritual nourishment, of course, it, it starts with believing, right? It starts with believing. Believe in Jesus Christ. He is the Son of God. He is sent from God, and he came to die for us and rise for us. Believe in his death. More importantly, believe in his resurrection. This is what separates our faith. Oh, there's thousands of faith. There's thousands of religions. Yep, there's thousands. You know what separates Christianity? Uh, we believe that, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and he died, and he rose from the dead, and he's alive today. That, that's what separates it, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You have to sell out to that. That is the key. That is the key. And I, you know, I'll show you that in John 6, before this scripture I got to, when he first starts preaching about the bread from heaven and I am the bread of life, listen to what Jesus says in, in John 6, 28. Jesus is preaching about the bread of life and the disciples say, what does God want us to do? Now, honestly, how many of you are wondering right now, what the freak? does God want me to do? I'm, 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 I don't know. I'm torn. I'm ready to, you know. Jesus tells him the answer. This is what God wants you to do. You ready for this? This is what God wants you to do. Straight from the words of Jesus. Believe in the one he has sent. Believe in the one he has sent. This is where following starts. Believing in Jesus' death and resurrection. And I would say that's, for a lot of Christians, that's the, that's the easy part, right? Well, yeah, I believe. I believe. I'm good to go. Number two, you ready? A daily surrender. It's a daily surrender devoted to his teachings and guidance. Will you let his teachings guide you? Will you let his Holy Spirit that dwells in you once you call on his name guide you? And will you be obedient to that spirit? Okay, this isn't automatically a default easy and this is where most people will unfollow Jesus. I believe in him, but I, my, my selfish desires wanna go this way. And we choose our way over his way, which is always a crazy way because the end is always death. That's what the Bible says, the end is always death. So a daily surrender, I'm going to show you something. This daily surrender, so I, 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 I'm, I'm reading this and studying this this week, and I go back to how John starts. If you read the Gospel of John, he starts it different than, than Matthew, Mark, or Luke. He starts it way in the beginning. Like he, Listen to what he says in John 1.14. So the Word became flesh. So what John is describing is Jesus. So Jesus is the Word. The Word has always been. That's what he says in John 1. So Jesus has always been. I mean, the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they've always existed. It's the first life group, right? And they've always been doing it together. But Jesus came to earth, 
right? A couple thousand years ago. And, and, and John writes, the word became flesh. And I start thinking about that and he dwelt among us. Eat my flesh, take in my word, spiritual nourishment. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we are to take in the word of God. Eating, eating the flesh means taking in the word of God. He made his home among us. Do you remember, if you don't know the story, when Jesus got baptized and he was starting his ministry, he got sent out into the desert. He was tempted by the devil. You know what the devil tempted him with? Bread. Isn't that interesting? He tempts him with bread. Turn those rocks, Jesus, into bread because I know that you're starving right now. I know you haven't ate for days, Jesus. And what does Jesus say? People don't live on bread alone, but on every word, say word, so we live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. How can I live on every word of God if I'm not in God's word? Yeah. I'm telling you, eat the flesh, drink the blood. You take in Jesus. You believe in his death and resurrection, and then you surrender to his will daily. How do I surrender to it? It starts in the word of God. Can I say it? 10 minutes a day for the rest of your days will change your days. I'll never stop saying it. I'll never stop saying it. If you read 10 minutes a day in God's word, uh, you'd read the entire Bible in a year, by the way. Um, I mean, it's consistency, taking in the word of God. I'm telling you, something supernatural happens. It's the number one way I've grown closer to Jesus is reading the word of God. The number one way. So, bread of life. And, and, and I, I gotta give the Jews some slack here because the Jewish audience, they would, I mean, to start talking about bread of life and bread from heaven, when they hear bread from heaven, you know what they're thinking? Manna! That's what they're thinking. When Jesus says, I'm bread from heaven, they immediately think, well, no, you're not Jesus. Manna. So manna, if you don't know, manna is like this substance that would fall from, literally from heaven when the Israelites, back their ancestors, were taken out of Egypt, remember by Moses, and then they wandered around in the desert for years until they entered the promised land. Well, in that wandering, God took care of them. They're disobedient. Um, they're defiant and they're sinners. And what does God do? Takes care of them, loves them so much. So he feeds them this manna. The word manna, it literally means unknown. <laughs> they don't even, uh, some unknown substance. But we'd call it bread because it would appear as flakes coming down and they would scoop it up and it'd be like a bread-like substance, a sweet bread-like substance. So, so God would feed them manna. So Jesus is talking about bread from heaven and they're thinking, ah, that's manna. I mean, that's our, our ancestors had that. And, 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 and oh, check it out. You know what else God showed me this week? The Ark of the Covenant that they're carrying around, the Israelites would carry around this Ark of the Covenant, this container. And the container that they would haul around, the, the presence of the Lord would hover on it by day and by night. And, and it would guide them. In the Ark, a lot of you might know this, well, the Ten Commandments are housed in the Ark of the Covenant. True, but there's more. There's more that's housed in the Ark of the Covenant. Not only the Ten Commandments, but Aaron's staff. Aaron is the brother of Moses. His staff was housed in the Ark of the Covenant. And not only that, but guess what? Bread! A jar of manna. Now, why would God tell them to, to, to scoop up one of, that, one of those jars and, and seal it and put it in the Ark of the Covenant? God is reminding them of his goodness and his provision. God is saying to them, listen to me. And God is saying to you, listen to me. If I provided for you then, I will provide for you again. If I did it then, I can do it again. If I got you this far, won't your God see you through to the end? Do you believe that? Why don't you praise God for the next 10 seconds? If you believe that God is still moving, that God is still guiding, that God is still providing, and that God has more for you, he does. This is the word of God. He put man, They put manna in the Ark of the Covenant. 
But yet Jesus says, I know that means so much to you. And I know that that could almost become an idol because you see how good your God is to you, even when you don't deserve it. And, and, and Jesus is saying, I am so much more. I offer you so much more. The manna that you worship, the manna that you love, the manna that your ancestors that sustain them, guess what? Here's the difference. That manna, it was only for the Jews. It was for a certain uh, population, a certain group. But the bread of life, it's for all people. Didn't we just say everybody? Say everybody. everybody. Didn't we just say everybody's invited to follow Jesus? The manna is for the Jews. The bread of life is for all people. The manna, it would go bad after a day. It would be rotten by the end of the day. That's how long it lasted. Jesus, the Bible says he does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The manna, those that ate the manna, guess what? They would be hungry again. But Jesus says, you come, anyone who comes to me will never hunger again. Anybody who, who, who believes in me will never thirst again. I'm telling you, there's no comparison. Jesus Christ is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. There is no middle ground. He is our only hope, and we need him. We need you, Father. Oh, God is moving. I hope you know that he wants to move in you. The message is for you. And you might be thinking, gosh, I've been, I've been on middle ground. No, you haven't because there is no middle ground. You are either in or you're not. And there's a lot of people who are like me. Well, I just, I'm, I'm in on Sundays. I might do this and might pray once in a while. I'm telling you, there's no middle ground. If you're not, if you're not with him, if you're not with him, you're against him. He wants to help you be with him. But I, but, but I love that I love that message translation. It, it just knocked me sideways. This is war. You don't think we're in a war? You don't think we're in a battle? It's way, it is not the school system. It is not uh, the political arena. That's not I, that's, that's happening. That's a reality. But the war is things you don't see. We are in a battle of, of spiritual principalities, things that you don't see happening, but they're happening. And God is revealing to us, you are in a battle, you are in a war. I want you on my team. I will help you be on my team, but I need you all in because if you're on middle ground, you're against me because there is no middle ground. That's what Jesus is teaching us. So it's crazy. Two weeks ago, I get this message. Let me set it up. When I was, before I moved to Omaha to be a part of this amazing thing that God is doing in us and all of us and all that he wants to do, I was on staff at a church and I was leading a recovery ministry and I was a campus pastor and doing all these things. And there was a guy that I got to know that he was at the church all the time. He wasn't on staff, but, but he knew there was no, well, he was showing me with his life that there's no middle ground and he was all in. A guy that was in recovery, a guy that was seeking Jesus and saving his family and his kids and getting his life on track. And I'm like, man, that's, that dude's all over. I mean, he's at the church more than me and I'm getting paid. That dude, we can't get rid of him. And I'm like, there's something going on there. And every day he's working with the maintenance team, you know, doing jobs and cleaning toilets and setting up stages and building stuff. I'm like, every, every day he's here and he's just, man, something's going on. I didn't know what. And then he's, he would come to the recovery ministry, a ministry that I got to lead. And I'd hear more of a story and more of his addiction. And I'm like, geez, this dude is preaching to the choir because it sounds a lot like my story. And he, and he is just, he's all in. And not only was he all in, but he was leading in the recovery ministry. So a ministry, when it, it was called the newcomers meeting. So when somebody new would come in and uh, they'd be fresh, 
just on the heels of trying to get well and uh, get out of the prison that they're in, they would meet with him and some others for, for the first gathering. And they would just kind of tell him, hey, this is what it's about. We love you. We're going to walk with you. And this is what to expect. And all these things. So he'd be like a, the front door to hope and healing for them. This is what he did. And it was amazing to watch because I'm like, God, you were at work. This is, this is what you're, you do. You change lives. But we have choices, don't we? We've got choices. So when I get, when I get a text two weeks ago from a friend, says, did you hear this? And, and, and it pops up and it's his obituary. And I'm like, what? And then I, and then I read further and he, uh, he killed himself. And I thought, what in the heck? How do you go from... I mean, I'm in this, to, 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 to that. Now, I know it's been a few years since I've been back there, but I actually went back there just this last week for a wedding. So, so I'm there, and I see the, one of the guys that helps oversee recovery, and I'm like, what the heck? What happened? I said, what was he like in church? What, 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 was, he, what was he? And the guy's like, oh, he hasn't been to church in over a year. I'm like, what? We couldn't get rid of him. The dude was sleeping in church practically, like putting up a tent. He hadn't been here? I mean, what? It's, it, it's, a, it's a fake. You see, there, there's no middle ground. And as soon as you step away from that camp, I mean, the enemy, he will not let up because he knows if you're not all the way with him, well, you're against him. If you're against him, you're on my team and I will. You know what? Never forget what the enemy is called to do. Kill, steal, and destroy. And he won't stop. And I'm like, well, what about the recovery ministry? I said, he's leading that ministry. He's like, they're like, no, he's not leading. He hadn't been, he hadn't been in recovery ministry in, in years. And I'm like, what? What in the heck? And I sat there thinking to myself, this is war. This is freaking war. And then I get that. And, you know, all I could think about was his wife and his two, two young kids. Young. That was not God's plan. That was not God's plan. And, I, and, and man, maybe you're struggling in that area right now. God, I pray you reach out to us. God, I pray that you will let us pray for you. We want to love you and help you. And I was just heartbroken to hear, how can you go? This shows you, you can follow and unfollow. And it's not like he said, I'm going to renounce my faith. I'm going to go back to my old life. That wasn't his plan. But there's somebody else who has a plan for your life besides God. That was not his plan. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to lead recovery. I'm going to be at church all the time. And then I'm going to blow it all. I'm going to go back into addiction, back into that lifestyle. And I'm going to ultimately leave my family without me. You think that was his plan? No. But the devil's a deceiver. And, and some of you, you, you I just, I'm just praying that your eyes are open to how much God loves you. And that you will take a step today. And you will say, I will not let that happen. I will put a stake in the ground. There is no middle ground. I am either all in or I'm all out. There is no middle ground. And I just know that in this season, there are so many people struggling in addiction, with depression, with anxiety, with, with mental illness. I struggle with all those. I do. I need the people around me. I need my church family. I need my Jesus. I need the word. If I don't do it, I know that I'm screwed. And I'm one decision away from throwing it all away, and so are you. But I'm telling you, you're watching this, you're listening to this, because God has orchestrated this moment from thousands of years ago that he's speaking directly to you. And then he's saying to you, if you don't want that, if you want to go all in with me, this is your time. This is your time. Maybe you're 95% in. We've already declared. That's 100% out, by the way. So if that's you, wherever you're at, maybe it's depression, maybe it's addiction, maybe it's suicidal thoughts, maybe you're just messed up in your 
your mind, like I can be messed up in my mind, today God is calling you to, 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 to decide, where, are you gonna leave too? And be like, oh, to whom would I go? Where am I gonna go? The world? I don't want what's going on out there. I need something better and I can't do it. And Jesus says, I know. That's why he came. That's what my death and resurrection is all about. And that's what you need to believe in today. But don't stop there. Start with start there and, and go to a surrender and say, all right, every day I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna get in the word of God. I wanna connect with the church, a life group, whatever it takes. And I wanna, I wanna help you make this decision. I wanna help you just make a declaration before the devil today and say, devil, God, I, you might see me struggle, but you'll never see me quit. Faithful is he who has called me. He's going to make it happen. I am on his team. I'm 100% in, and this is what I'm asking you to do. And maybe you've heard this before, but this is directly to you. I'm speaking directly to you individually as a person, as a person who is hurting, a person who is struggling, a person who is dysfunctional, a person who is messed up, a person who does not have their life together. If that's you, this message is for you. Today, God is calling you home. Today, Jesus is saying, I welcome all of you in. I welcome you because there's no middle ground. I welcome you into the winning team, into the winning side, and I want you in. So would you do this? If you believe in Jesus, his death and resurrection, if you believe in that, say, I choose Jesus. I choose Jesus. Type, I choose Jesus in comments. If you want to surrender, to, if, you, if, you want to, if you want to declare, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not wavering. I'm not on middle ground because there is no middle ground. If you want to go all in in that area, type, I choose Jesus. Or text it to 474747. I choose Jesus. Make a declaration, a physical, tangible declaration because your God sees that. Your devil, the devil, sees that. He ain't your devil. He is the devil. But your God, he, he is your God, and he wants to be your God. So you, you, you tell him, I'm in. I choose. I'm all in. I'm not 95% in. I'm not 75% in. I am all in. And let, let, let's see what God does. Will you do that? I choose Jesus. I choose Jesus. I'm going to pray for you, okay? I'm going to pray for you. And, and I, we will be praying for you. And we're going to worship in just a minute here in song. But, but I, I pray this message is, is, is impacting you. Jesus is the bread of life. He's the only one that could ever sustain you. He's the only one that can set you free. He is it. To whom would I go? Where would I go? I mean, Jesus, without you, I'm nothing. And Jesus says, that's why I came for you that you would come home, come to me in your messed up state and let me set you free. Let me make you new. Let me do what only I can do. God loves you so much. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the word, for the word straight from, straight from your Father. Father, let it pierce the hearts of people. There are people that are hurting desperately right now, that are struggling, that are suicidal, that are filled with depression and anxiety, that are filled um, with doubt, and they're scared. Well, these are the exact people that you came for. And, and, and God, you, you're, you, you're, I know that your desire is for them to not leave you, but come to you. And there are people listening like me where, uh, you know what, I, I kind of have this life, but then this life, and I might look like a follower on the outside, but on the inside, God, you know my thoughts, you know my heart, you know what I watch, you know what I look at, you know how I talk. And God, this message is for them as well that they would go all in 100% and say, I choose Jesus. I want all of you. I have learned today that there is no middle ground. And if, I, if, if I'm teetering in the middle, that means I'm on the enemy's side. And the last thing we ever want is to be on the enemy's side. Uh, devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. You have no authority.
not in this church, not in the people listening to this, cast you out to the foot of Jesus for judgment. God, fill us with your Holy Spirit and your truth. Fill us with your, your hope and your light and your life. I thank you for the gift of your church. I thank you for the gift of your word. And I thank you so much for the greatest gift of all, your son, Jesus Christ, who sets people free, makes things right, and makes all things new. It's in his name I pray and we all say, amen. God bless you. Hey, I want to thank you so much for watching the message today. I, I pray that it impacted you in a supernatural way. And if it did, I'm asking that would you share it? Would you just share it on whatever platform you watch on? Uh, share it with a friend. There's so many people out there that, uh, that need to hear it, that need to know God's love for them, that need to know that God wants them all in, not because he wants something from them, but because he has something for them. And there's a big difference. So if you would share this, and maybe you're not subscribed, subscribe. You can subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on, on um, Instagram or Facebook. And uh, we just want to continually encourage you, not just on Sunday, but throughout the entire week. Man, we need it now more than ever. The good news of Jesus, to know that you're loved, to know that his plans for you are good. And we'll continually remind you of that. So let us do that for you. So uh, subscribe and let us know what we can do for you. Man, God loves you. God loves you so much. We love you, but God loves you more. So God bless you.